like we're gonna get political and i was like honestly i want to go debate or i want to go interview trump supporters and um i met vivek ramaswamy there mm-hmm. and then we met nikki haley and then there's the big man himself, Donald Trump. The thing about like blowing up is in the moment you're like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And then there comes that like fear where you're like, okay, now how do I like follow up? Like somebody's always going to have something to say, whether it be positive or negative. And like, you kind of just have to keep going regardless. Just Like, the first episode of 2024 with Sis and Sanj, as always, and today we have a special guest. But before we get into that, let's do a quick life update. So I'll go first, and then I'll throw it to Sanya. Um, sorry, it's been a while. Um, we took a little break from Christmas to now because Sanya and I have had a lot going on. I've been moving, new job, I had wisdom teeth surgery, um, It's just been a lot. Um, No one talks about how exhausting moving is, but I have been literally so drained and haven't been able to do like anything. So I'm glad we're back. I'm really excited. We have some really exciting episodes coming out, but um, yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, Sonia, how's life? Uh, Life is pretty good. Just, I've been working a lot. finishing my last semester of school so other than that I'm just busy been having a pretty crazy January with a lot of holidays and stuff and yeah so now it's like finally all slowing down so that's good but tell us about your wisdom teeth surgery (laughs) I was gonna leave that part out so fun fun fact we actually recorded a January episode but we decided to scrap it because it was just absolutely a mess and Sonia was really sick and I like forced her to record still and then I was just exhausted and drained so um I had my wisdom teeth out honestly the worst experience of my life I was awake during the whole procedure not like twilight zone like totally coherent felt everything, knew what was going on. I even left this part out, Sonia, last time, but I was like in the middle of surgery and the dentist was like, can I play some like music for you? And I'm like, sure, like maybe they'll calm me down. And he Mm -hmm. started playing and it was like some kind of sexy song. (laughs) And he's like, sorry, it's my wife's playlist, but I was just like so uncomfortable, like everything on top of everything, worst experience ever. And to put it in perspective, my heart rate, like sitting down is usually like 47 to 60. I looked down on my watch and my heart was at 196. So I was like full on panicking. But anyway, they're gone. Didn't you say that your doctor wasn't even like an oral surgeon? Yes. Yes. He's not an oral surgeon. He's just like a general dentist. So he should not be performing the surgery. But I mean, I went to him because I procrastinated until I literally could not anymore. So partly my fault, but um, yeah, do your research. Yeah, your how's it feeling? Um, I'm feeling better now, but like it's been six weeks and I still like have issues. So yeah, just make this a learning lesson. Do your research, drink pineapple juice and um, yeah. make sure they put you under. But also Sonia, um, mention the Travis Scott concert. You went to that? Um, yeah, I did. I went um to his concert in Chicago last Monday. 
wasn't ideal that it was on a Monday, honestly, but it was so much fun. It was like one of the best concerts I've ever been to. But we were like me and my cousin, we went, she's 24, I'm 22. We were easily like the oldest people at that concert. It was all like high schoolers, middle schoolers. I was honestly shocked. Like the line for the alcohol was non-existent. That's how you know you're too old to be there. Cause usually like lines for alcoholic concerts are like so long. Right. <laughs> nobody could nobody was even old enough to drink there. So I mean that's kind of nice, but it was, yeah, and then it was it was a great concert and me and my cousin have always like growing up we've always gone to concerts together so it was a lot of fun I've been a Travis Scott fan for a minute but also like we haven't recorded since Christmas and I did want to mention I went to Indy for Christmas and on Christmas Eve Eve the bars were dead like we were the only people there like they're like you have to leave like we're losing money with you guys being here um but it was really fun because like I've never been to the Indy bars and Mass Ave so I went to my first gay bar, which was so fun. So oh, that's fine. Yeah, I had a great time. But anyway, that's basically all of my life updates. Sonia, you have anything to add? No. Okay. Nothing too exciting over here, honestly. Yeah, we're still early in 2024. Yeah. But anyway, let me introduce our guest and we can hear about what his life's been up to. Um, so Adam Mockler. Um, he's a center-left YouTuber and filmmaker who documents political rallies and tries to find a middle ground with people typically seen as the enemy. And he has a really cool, fun journey to share. But first, Adam, how's life been? Yeah, first of all, thank you guys for having me. And Cicely, I'm glad your wisdom tooth surgery went well. I'm glad you recovered. Ooh. Sonia, that Travis Scott concert sounded awesome. Sounds like Go you ahead. ran into the Fortnite demographic. Remember when he did all that Fortnite marketing? Exactly, Sonia. exactly. Yeah, so broadly in my life lately, I guess just to start, I set up the studio behind me last week, put up some felt on my wall. I'm about to start pumping out YouTube videos right here in my room next to my bed. Um, I forgot to sign up for classes this quarter, so I'm just telling people I'm taking a break to focus on YouTube, and that is what I'm doing. I'm putting all of my heart and soul into my YouTube channel, um, hitting the ground running into 2024, and I've been traveling a, a lot. So when January started, I was in Iowa for the caucuses, and then I flew to New Hampshire for the primaries there. So yeah, it's been a long month. January has been crazy, a lot of editing, a lot of setting stuff up for the rest of the year, and just laying the groundwork. And Adam, you're making us look pathetic I, with your background. <laughs> it looks so good. But it does, we're so early. We're going to do something with this. I know. I mean, that looks really good. It really does. I'll um, give you my promo code for the felt website that I use. Okay. And you guys can get a pink, something pink behind you. Yes. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited to dive deep into your journey because, I mean, we, we met your class at IUN and... I mean, I knew you were talented. I knew you were going to do something with film and um, just the media world, but you have really taken off. And um, I guess I want to first start it off by saying, like, how did you get into political journey or journalism? Um, did you always want to get into it? And like, how did that all come about? So first of all, um, I want to get into the class that we took together a little bit more okay, later yeah. on, because Let's that was a really... A yeah, that was a really big moment for like just figuring out exactly how I could use my skills in the right way. 
And that's part of the reason that I got into this journey is because I had all these skills built up in different areas or just sort of like kind of skills that I've now built further. And I was trying to figure out how can I combine all of these skills to create something fresh and unique. So I was pretty good at editing because I used to make YouTube videos all the time. I'm pretty good at conversing with people about politics because I have these conversations all the time. So it was basically how can I combine this into one idea where I'm talking to people in a way that's edited really fast paced and tightly. So being able to combine all of my skills into something, something unique, and then also just trying to fill a gap that hasn't been filled. So there's a lot of people that go out there and they interview Trump supporters and I would watch them, but they don't really do it in the way that I wanted them to. So they would take a more satirical, satirical take on it. They would make fun of the Trump supporter. Their goal is to make the person look as stupid as possible. And there's a little bit of that in my content, but most of the time when we go out there, we're engaging in very good faith and we're trying to find middle ground of people. And I think that's what I wanted to offer. I think that is so important in this day and age too, with like the 2024 election coming up and with the last election in 2020, we saw like a huge divide in the country with like the right side and the left side. And there really was no middle ground. Like you were either black or white, like those sides, that's it. Yeah, I agree. So it's interesting. There's a lot of like stubbornness with both sides. Like there's no seeing anybody else's perspective. So I like that you're able to kind of try and find that middle ground with people. Thank you. Oh, sorry. What's up? No, go ahead. Go ahead. What we always say is that like, if you go online on Twitter or any social media, everybody is at each other's necks. And it really seems like the other side is the enemy and they're all evil. But then you talk to these people in person and it's genuinely like I'm just talking to my aunt or uncle who is a little bit misled into voting against their own self-interest. So it's really important to approach Trump supporters like they're just humans. I mean, have some in my family. I'm sure everybody does. But then it makes me sad when I go on Twitter and people on our side, like on my side, dehumanize the other side and act reductive. Yeah. And let's back up a little bit before we dive into the wonderful world of politics um so you mentioned like your talents before and trying to like pinning it all together um we talk about this a lot in the podcast of like finding your purpose and your why so like when I came to college I had no idea what I wanted to do but I knew I loved talking to people and I know Sonia has a similar like story um so but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do but looking back like I started my high school news station like I was in part of Red Hawk Media like there was all these points coming together and I'm like oh my gosh I've always been into news like why wouldn't I do that so it's kind of funny how like all us media people like we all have like the stuff in our past and we just have to find out and like direct it in the right direction yeah and like you you mentioned you mentioned like doing YouTube um back then like I used to do YouTube too um Mm -hmm. what kind of YouTube did you do before I mean, a lot of nerdy gaming stuff and vlogs and stuff that no one cared about, but it helped me build a lot of skills. Sorry, guys. Making you cry already. Oh, yeah. Tears <laughs> of joy. Um, Sonia, did you do any, like, media stuff, be- like, way when you were younger? Um, I didn't post on YouTube, but I did, like, edit videos in iMovie and stuff. Like, on my YouTube, if you look up my name, you'll find, like, a project that I did in high school that I edited and stuff but I never posted on YouTube but I always wanted to I just kind of like never felt 
I don't know. I just never really got into it. I don't know if I was like embarrassed or I just didn't think I would go far with it, but I was honestly worried about the way how people would react, you know, would reacted to it back then. Now I'm mm -hmm. like, Oh, I don't care. You know? No. Yeah. My YouTube videos were very cringy and people probably thought so, but, um, I feel like everybody our age had a YouTube channel or most people our age had a YouTube channel at least once posted. Something. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. was super into YouTube. I wish that I posted on it. Like growing up, I always thought like, this is definitely something I'd be good at, but I just mm. never like followed through with it, unfortunately. So transitioning into that, Adam, what made you want to start posting your debates on YouTube? Like how did that kind of happen? It was an idea that I've been workshopping for a while, a long while. I don't know if you remember this, but one of the last times I saw you in person, we were talking and I was, you were like, what do you want to do after this class? And I was like, honestly, I want to go debate or I want to go interview Trump supporters. And I was like, it sounds really weird, but that's kind of what I want to do. I remember this vividly because like the next week I did it. But basically it was just an idea that I've been workshopping and I wanted to do it in a very high quality way like I was always waiting for the right moment to do it like oh everything needs to align perfectly or else I can't do it and then one day I just decided I need to execute and post it on YouTube I'm not just going to get a Netflix show like I'm envisioning I'm not just going to be at the top tier I need to do what I can and execute at a low level, which is posting on YouTube and then eventually work my way up. So it was just about this idea that I had for a while about finding middle ground. I workshopped the idea a lot. There were times when it was going to be more of like a prank thing, but then I reeled back. I don't want to prank people. I want to talk to people. That's what I'm good at. And then, yeah, the show, it turned into what it turned into. And now it's like, I'm honing my approach basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and just to have like the guts to go out and do it and post it. I feel like we all get hung up on the, oh, everything has to be perfect and we have to wait till the perfect moment. And honestly, like with this podcast that it took me a year to start because I kept, oh, it's not perfect. Like I need a perfect tagline. I need a perfect cover. Like, no, you just have to do it. And then everything else will fall in line. Yeah, especially like, I think it's very like doing something as controversial as getting involved with politics and interviewing people about politics you know that takes a lot of like courage to especially post that so but I think especially now like you're focusing on your YouTube channel like with the election and stuff coming up I think that you can be like wildly successful doing this type of thing and Thank you already you. have been really successful so far that means a lot yeah uh Going back to what Cicely said about like, yeah, it is really all just about executing on those ideas, even when you it's not perfect. And um, and I feel like our generation has this insane fear of being cringe online or posting something that's too cringy to your followers. And that is totally a trap that I fell into for like, even at the beginning of my when I started making content, I wouldn't post on my Instagram because I was like, I don't want to, it's too cringe, like for all my friends to see that. But that's something you really have to shed and you really have to go out there and like, I don't know, put yourself out there and learn from your mistakes. But. I mean, people are going to talk about you regardless. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter. Like that's something I've come to find out throughout the years is like, no matter what you do, whether it's like having a podcast, interviewing people in political settings like somebody's always going to have something to say whether it be positive or negative and like you kind of just have to keep going regardless always and, yeah always 
and let's be honest like everything posted online is cringe like literally everything when you think about it yeah. like yeah so who cares like we're all cringe that's just yeah human. yeah you just have to embrace it a real and sometimes i'm like okay that's cringy but like they're a millionaire for doing this like maybe I should be more cringy. <laughs> Absolutely. It's this weird, it's this really weird dichotomy. Like it's a weird thing with online media where, you know, those people in their car on TikTok, they're like, is this the song of the summer? And mm -hmm. I've seen like the interviews with those people. They're like, we don't want to be doing this stuff, but that's how you have to do it. And that's how okay. I kind of felt when I started posting my short form content. It's like, I don't want to post these little cringe snippets. Obviously I want to post real conversations, but then when I post the snippets and they start to like drive traffic to my real conversations that's how the game's played i guess yeah so what was your initial reaction when your political interviews went viral definitely surprised that they went viral and it's always exciting but then you get a little bit worried about branding how long how can i keep this brand going and i was worried about how i can differentiate my brand from the other people interviewing trump supporters so like i said there's other people doing it and they take a more satirical route where they make fun of them and i was like i don't want to just blend in to all of these people that are like ha look how crazy this person is so from then it was about just kind of developing a plan a very specific intentional plan on how i can have the conversations i want to have and keep the momentum going basically and um I'm happy with how it's gone. I think I, if you go through my Instagram, a lot of the clips are me engaging in good faith um, rather than just making fun of people. Yeah, and I think yeah, that's I think super important. Yeah. The, the thing about like blowing up is in the moment you're like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And then there comes that like fear where you're like, okay, now how do I like follow up? How do I maintain this level of traction and stuff? So that's always something that like, you know, it's hard, like, to produce something that's really good and then following up with something even better. And it definitely can be a little bit challenging. But yeah, the first video we made was like, pretty explosive, too. And like, we, we got pretty lucky with a lot of the interactions. So then it was just like pressures on to recreate that and Trump didn't schedule anything for a month. So it's like we had a pride rally. We did what we could. But since then, we've really gotten a hold on how to create content and how to how everything works. Like I have I have a schedule for posting on my Instagram, my YouTube and everything. So it's become a lot more. So you that. say we do you have like a team of people you work with? Do you have like a partner? Who I realized while I was saying that we that it's basically just me doing it all. But like I, <laughs> I have my cameramen who are good friends with me and like they're such good friends that i just like call them every night and we talk about branding and stuff they help me i have some um like a manager in works that we're kind of talking about like launching merch and stuff together but no it's it's mainly just me i edit i script i do like all the stuff and i, I pull everything together but um i've had a, a ton of help but no i mainly meant like yeah it's it's figuring out how i can keep the brand and my cameraman when i talk, call him and we have those long conversations about keeping the brand going that's we basically yeah gotcha. that's incredible i think it's so important to have like that supportive group around you and like i always tell people like sonia is probably the only person i could have a podcast with like the only girl because like me and her are just we click and we yeah. are so supportive of each other um but mm -hmm. i should have probably done a disclaimer in the beginning like we're going to get political, like there's no getting around it because I know how politics are. And like we've touched on it, people 
guard each other's throats with it. I am a journalist, so I try to be like the most unbiased as possible, like just straight facts. But I also grew up in a household where my dad was more right and my mom was more left. So I saw both sides of the spectrum and I kind of grew up like seeing both views and like, okay, like what do I believe? So it was kind of a unique upbringing because like I saw both sides, but um, I think it's super important how you try to find the middle ground because like I said, we're so right, left, there's no middle. And I think our generation is more middle than the older generations. But um, I think that's awesome how you do that. Yeah, Thank and also you. just like you more educating people versus belittling them for being like, uneducated or ignorant on certain things like because like you said a lot of people do like try and you know make people feel bad make people look stupid so you said something <laughs> earlier about like um being unbiased which made me think like a lot of the comments i get are people asking like i get a lot of comments from right-wingers too like you're not approaching this in an unbiased way at all like you're pretty clearly interjecting your opinion into it and i actually do agree with them like a lot of a lot of my clips are me interjecting my own opinion which is really interesting but um i feel like when, when i'm dealing with people that are talking about election fraud or these things that are just so far out there and not true that like pinning them down on this is is almost justified. I don't know. I was just I was just thinking about that mm -hmm. side tangent. No, I get that. And every, every like when you mentioned that, the clip in my head popped up about the woman who was talking about like the white hats. Mm -hmm. Like it's a conspiracy theory people are talking about, and you like really honed in. Like, well, what is this? And like yeah. I really liked how you kind of played like I don't want to say played dumb, but like kind of gave into it. Like, well, what is that? Like. Who, who is that? Like, no, I don't know I, what I you're talking being, about. I was being genuine. I had no clue what she was talking about at that moment. <laughs> I, I was being completely genuine. But, but like, that's so, good. Yeah, yeah. And then we got to learn what she thought. But um, some of my newer clips, like I have a video coming out tomorrow where I'm like debating someone and then someone on the side is like, I thought this was an interview, not a debate. So it's like, it's just an interesting thing where I am interjecting my opinion, but I'm going to keep doing that because that's like sort of the style that I'm going with. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. And then through that, you can find middle ground. I think it's important to go out there and have these people like interact with these fact patterns, at least, because you go there, there's like a group of five Trump supporters all talking in their little echo chamber about how the election was stolen. I think it's good to have someone come in there and disrupt that. Definitely. Yeah. And so I thought this was perfect time to bring you on because, I mean, the Iowa caucuses were just a few weeks ago. I mean, there's a ton of stuff going on. And then later in the year, the election. So maybe we'll get uh, with you again. But tell us about being on the campaign or caucuses trail, um, meeting these political figures. Like, have you had any really unique experiences? We just kind of want to hear about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we covered the Iowa caucuses from start to finish. We started near the Iowa State Fair, which was in August, and we watched everybody speak, all the candidates speak, which was really interesting. That was my first time. I felt like a little fish in a big sea because we had our tiny little cameras and our tiny little press passes. And then there are these people with massive media cameras like CNN covering these. So we really were in over our heads, but we got some great stuff there. And... um I met Vivek Ramaswamy there originally, and I was pretty obsessed with him at the time because I saw that he was blowing up. He had like 100,000 Instagram followers. Now he has like 2 million. 
So it was really interesting meeting some of these people as they were blowing up um, nationally. And Iowa, we mainly hit Trump rallies. I hit a lot of the Vivek Ramaswamy rallies. We hit like eight in two days, basically. And it was absolutely mind numbing because you guys know who that is, right? He was a... Uh, he yeah, pops he up was, on my TikTok once in a while. Yeah, he is very slimy. This dude does not believe a single thing that he says. He is like a used car salesman. But it's weird because we went to all these rallies or all of his events, and he would say the exact same speech verbatim over and over at least five or six times a day. So we'd go from little Mexican restaurant to Mexican restaurant, and he would say word for word, word like, there are two genders. Climate change is fake. Just all of this BS. And it was like, that was just mind numbing. So at the end of those two days, my cameraman and I had like a long car ride where we were psychoanalyzing this guy. Like, does he believe what he's saying? What is the game that he's playing right now? Mm-hmm. And then we met Nikki Haley, um, or we didn't meet her, but we were really close to her. And she was really cool too. She's, she's really charismatic and strong. I don't agree with her on everything, but um, she's got a good head on her shoulder. She's got good foreign policy. And then... There's the big man himself, Donald Trump, which we've seen him speak a few times. And he also just says a lot of incoherent stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Donald Trump, love him or hate him, he's like the most notorious person on earth. Like people in other countries are like, oh, Mr. Trump, you know? So just Mm -hmm. like being able to like see him in person and like see that he's real is kind of fascinating to me. Yeah, seeing his hair, it's like glows. Yeah, he's got this like showman energy to him. So he is very energetic when he's on stage. He's got a lot of charisma and he's just, I mean, I don't agree with him, but obviously I don't agree with him. He's entertaining. He's an entertaining person. He's like a stand-up comic, which a stand-up comic should not be the president of the United States. Not the same skill set. Oh, that's funny. Um, So I guess going back to the interviews, um, I mean, you were interviewing these people who are very, very into their political party. And I feel like this is going to be a really important part of our podcast where people going to like their family Thanksgivings are going to come back and watch this because the question I'm asking is, how do you navigate these conversations with the opposite party with like, you know, just different opinions? Mm -hmm. It's a... It's a very slow process of introducing them to these fact patterns that they otherwise wouldn't hear. So I read an article the other day about someone who used to be a big Trump supporter. Now he's a big liberal. And how it happened was just he very slowly was introduced to these questions that planted seeds of doubt in his mind. So if you're at Thanksgiving dinner, the strategy is not to get into a fiery debate with your family members. The strategy is to ask a question that plants a seed of doubt in their head. Employ Socratic questioning and just calmly ask them stuff. So if you have a family member who believes the moon landing was fake, you can literally just say, there was a cold war at the time. Why wouldn't the USSR, why wouldn't the Soviet Union call out the US for faking the moon landing? They're, they're just very simple questions you can ask people that will, that will slowly plant seeds of doubt. And I think that's how deprogramming happens. I've read multiple articles of people saying that's how it slowly happens. You slowly change your mind. And yeah, I mean, I've talked to people who once you really start to get in the weeds of these topics, they do agree with liberals at a fundamental level. So I was at a Trump rally a few weeks ago and I talked to this lady who just really needed health care for her autistic son. She really needed therapy. And I tried to explain to her like, 
liberals, I didn't use the word liberals because that would just, they wouldn't listen to anything I said after that. But I was like, what if the government could provide a basic level of healthcare and it came at no cost to taxpayers? And she was like, yeah, of course I want healthcare, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you agree with these fundamental liberal ideas. You want healthcare, but you're just so blinded that you think Democrats are evil. So to go back to your question, it's introducing them to these fact patterns slowly, showing them how their self-interest does lie within the Democratic Party. And then finally is wrapping conservative ideals in liberal words. So when it comes to Ukraine, a lot of Republicans will always say America first. We need to put America first. You explain to them funding Ukraine is exactly how you put America first. You're securing an ally, you're protecting international rule, and you're stopping Putin. So yeah. So I do have a follow follow up question to that. Um, so you mentioned like there is a middle ground between the two, and I totally agree with that. I think there are many things that we can agree on, but it is just so put out there that we can never agree. Um, mm -hmm. So in the future, do you think there's going to be more of like an independent rising? Uh, I I see the two-party system staying indefinitely. I think when we're voting in 30 years, it'll still be between the two parties. But I think, I think independents are very disillusioned with both sides. Yeah, I think if you look at the polling, like what you said is borne out by all of the polling. All of the independents don't want to vote for Joe Biden or Donald Trump. So people are becoming more independent. They're trying to start third parties or green parties, but that never really works how they want it to. So no, I don't see that. What I do see are the sides moderating, especially the Republican Party right now. If you think about it, they've lost almost five elections in a row. They lost to Obama twice. Trump won once. Now they're about to lose to Biden twice, hopefully. And they're going to start to have to moderate because they're, they're going to start to realize, okay, we can't run on banning abortion and closing the border and expect to um, appeal to mass people. So I think the parties will start to moderate before a third party arises. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I guess since we're on this topic of independent parties, um, any thoughts on Kennedy, uh, Robert Kennedy? Yeah, I don't like him. I think he's... Have you met him? No, actually, no. I heard him talk at the Iowa State Fair. And uh, we were going to try to interview him, but it just didn't really pan out. I don't like him. He's not a viable candidate. He ran as a Democrat, then turned to an independent, which I guess there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But it's just because he's playing a game where I think he wants to siphon votes off of one side. And I don't know. It's weird because... He said a lot of weird stuff about vaccines. He seems a little bit conspiratorial. He seems like he'll appeal to Trump voters more, but then he ran as a Democrat, then dropped out. So I just, I don't think he, I don't think we'll hear anything more of him, no. Gotcha. All right, um, going back to your journey, what has been your favorite part? Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Talking to people, and learning a lot about what drives people to vote for Donald Trump. Uh, I think Trump supporters in my mind are way more, way more, I'm, I'm a lot more sympathetic to them than I was a year ago. Not to say I, I wasn't sympathetic to them a year ago or not to say I am now, 
But like, I understand why these people are so afraid a lot more than I did a year ago after going out there and talking to them. So having a lot of these conversations has really helped me understand the common voter. And another favorite part has to touch back on from the beginning of the interview is just being able to expand on these skills that I've been working on for years. So I started editing videos when I was eight years old and I edited all the way until I was 16. And then I stopped editing until our production class we took together. And now I'm back into editing and I'm doing it on like a, to a ton of people. I'm editing for a bunch of people and I love it. I love touching on these skills and I love, yeah, chatting with people. Well, that's awesome. I think that's then, everyone being able to do that, like something they really enjoy like that. Yeah. Have you ever thought about going into like the like news reporting, like doing this professionally one day? Yeah, I've thought about it for sure. Uh, that would be interesting. That's sort of one of my goals is to do what I'm doing at a higher level. Mm -hmm. But I don't see myself being like a nightly news anchor or like doing what Cicely does. What is your show like um, on the weekends? Yeah, I do uh, weekend nights. That's that's a pretty good gig right there. Weekend nights. Um, I don't see myself being like a daily news anchor, but I will say I would like to do what I'm doing now at a higher level, hopefully. Who knows, like in a few years, you're going to be there with the big cameras, you know? I would love Everyone that. start yeah. somewhere. I would I love that, I would be that, like, yeah. now we're going to go off to Adam. What's going on over there at the caucuses, you know? Yeah, no, that's cool. I'll Definitely be... see you being like a journalist in that sense. Like that would be a, a really awesome job. Yeah. And, and uh, I guess this kind of ties in with my question too. Like what's the future have in store for you? So kind of what I just said is to hopefully do what I'm doing now at a higher level and to establish more credibility. And there's a few different paths I could take it. Like, like I could start uploading daily YouTube videos, like news videos. I could try to get a job as an editor somewhere. I could just start debating people full time. But broadly speaking, what I'm going to try to do is to keep scaling my business now and taking it to a higher level, doing what I'm doing now with higher quality production, better talking points, and hopefully to a wider audience. I think that's a good goal. Yeah, I think that's a great goal. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on to Just Life. Um, thank you for sharing your story and for honestly trying to get people to find that middle ground, because I think that is extremely, extremely important right now in America and with like the up, up and coming election. So thank you for everything you do. Um, Sonia, yeah. do you have any, any last minute questions? No, I honestly think um, you are a super interesting guest to have on. Your videos are very entertaining. <laughs> um, and yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I appreciated the conversation. It was very, first, very fun. The first guy Cicely and I have interviewed together nice i hope i lived up to the hype uh thank you guys <laughs> yeah. for having me absolutely thank you and first guest of 2024 yep nice starting it off with all kinds of records all right mm -hmm. well i think there's only one way to end this so um thank you for tuning into just life we still don't have our tagline so just keep living <laughs>